0: Tired of complex and high credit card processing fees? It's time to simplify. Whether you own a big business or a small startup, Empower Payments can save you money. Streamline your payment process while saving money today with Empower Payments. Learn more at EmpowerPayments.com. That's EmpowerPayments.com. Go! go, You are now listening to Jason Anderson, and you are in the zone. You're in the zone with Jason Anderson on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Scale of one to ten. Immediate number locked in. Beards, do you have a number? I'd say so. Should we say it at the same time? How do say you it at the one, two, three, go. Three. Four. I put zero. Oh, interesting. I really? Said, I said, honestly, it feels like almost zero. I'm shocked that I'm the highest of the group. Yeah. Well, you're in the zone on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Yeah! I want to start the show with a tweet that I saw, and I'm just paraphrasing. I don't want to put this person on blast. But I just saw it roll through my timeline last night. And it just knocked me on my rear end. And I want to make sure that this isn't a sentiment too heavily shared with the listening audience of The Zone. I saw a tweet complaining about how we in Kansas City are still talking about the Chiefs. (laughs) The parade was Wednesday. My feet are still sore from my five-mile walk. Better than yesterday, but the mud of, of the lawn outside Union Station still graces the soles of my boots that I'm wearing right now. And man, I, let me, I'll just go ahead and frame this a different way. If you are among the people who hoped the football season would end the second the confetti stopped falling from the sky in downtown Kansas City, you are going to be outrageously disappointed in the next four hours of the zone. And that's not even because Jason's not here. Jason Anderson what? is out today. I'm Joshua Briscoe in the big chair. That's Beards McFly on the other side of the glass, where we will be talking about the Chiefs today, and I will be making no apologies for such a thing. We're going to get up the speed for college basketball season. There's still snow on the ground right now. Baseball is going to get here soon enough. But it was just so funny And listen, I believe that to be an outrageously small minority Of our our beloved listening audience I imagine that somewhere in the 90% range Plus Is probably more than happy to luxuriate And do some some confetti angels Down on the turf That's gotta be an all-time feeling, right? Win a championship and do a confetti angel I imagine that almost everyone listening right now is very good with that, and I don't even mention that just to like warn you at the front end. But I just thought it was so funny, and I don't know this person at all. So I don't know, maybe they just don't like football, whatever, it doesn't matter. But the idea that we have accepted so much of this is just like, yep, so what happens is, around Kansas City, uh, there's a... Training camp, and that starts football season, and then we do that through the Super Bowl, and sometimes the Chiefs win it, and sometimes they don't, but they almost always play into February, and then baseball season starts, and then we go through and then it's the rest of college basketball, you know, and then baseball, and then we give up on baseball when, when training camp starts, and the cycle repeats. So wait a second, hold on, what did you say about the end of football season? Oh yeah, well we talk about the Chiefs like through the second week of February, usually, and then when they either win or lose the Super Bowl, we wrap up. And so much of that is just, it just tickles me so greatly, because it is, it is imperative that you stop and take inventory of the fact that so many of these things that we say, we can just say as being factual. Like, you can't plan a vacation... Any time in the first two weeks of February because you don't want to be in the wrong spot when there's a Super Bowl happening and you don't want to be out of town when there's a parade because there definitely could be one. How many decades of Chiefs football could we all watch and just think, yeah, you know, maybe they'll play 17 games back before the regular season was 17 games. Man, if they could win a playoff game, that would just be absolutely life changing. This city would come alive and it did. It really did. But we've gotten so spoiled so fast. And this is not me scolding anyone for how spoiled we've gotten. This is just my, my plea that we all recognize how spoiled Kansas City is now as a football city. I mentioned this when we were broadcasting live from the parade. Kansas City absolutely fought for and earned the title of the soccer capital of America. It's a beautiful title that we, again, Earned and will pay off when the World Cup has games at Arrowhead Stadium. Ugh, that is still so cool to me. I cannot wait. But in addition to that, more recently, Kansas City has earned the title of being the, I suppose, American football capital of the world. The biggest star in the sport plays quarterback here. Signed a 10-year, half-a-billion-dollar contract to continue doing that. And this team's tight end is hosting SNL. I think it was March 4th. I don't have it up in front of me right now. But the, the back-to-back hosts, and I can't remember who's up on this one. I'll, I'll, have, to, I'll have to go find the, uh, the actual you know little post-it note thing. Here we go. Here's the list of hosts. February 25th, March 4th, and March 11th. Woody Harrelson. Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. Jenna Ortega. Whose star has risen very quickly, um, playing Wednesday Adams in the Wednesday Netflix show. Woody Harrelson. Travis Kelsey, Jenna Ortega. These are peers. In media right now. In entertainment. I'm a little bit bummed that Travis Kelsey isn't hosting when the 1975 is there to the musical guest the next week. I'm a, unsurprisingly, huge 1975 guy. Can't surprise anyone who knows that band. But it is just line item after line item... Reinforcing the fact That this is This is the football capital of The world We have hosted In this city Five straight AMC championship games We We had a parade in 2020 and another one in 2023 I I just don't want to lose sight of that Because I think it is so outrageously, outrageously cool as a spotlight on this city that we've all known has been an incredible sports city forever, right? Like, the Royals and Chiefs were bad, and this was a good sports town. The Royals get good, have a parade, and I've never seen any swath of Kansas City as packed as much as the parade that day. And now it's just common knowledge that the Kansas City Chiefs are the team to beat at every turn. It is a truly remarkable thing. And I might I might be, as we say, feeding a fed horse on this one, and I'm just never going to apologize for, for replaying the hits on this particular thing. Because as soon as we stop realizing how cool it is, as soon as we go, uh, confetti schmuffetti, let's talk spring training. As soon as that just becomes the accepted norm, you, we lose the sparkle a little bit. I don't ever want that to happen. Because also, there will be a day. Hopefully, 450 years from now. or Patrick Mahomes is retired, Andy Reid is retired, Travis Kelsey is retired. Whatever the next arc of the franchise is, obviously the foundations of this franchise are tremendous right now. But sometime in the far, far, far distant future, Odds are the Chiefs aren't going to be guaranteed their Super Bowl appearance. Now, maybe they end up being the Packers, you know, who had Brett Favre and then drafted Aaron Rodgers and then just stayed relevant that whole time. Even they, would like to remind you, didn't do all that much winning. Didn't get to all that many Super Bowls. And I just want to make sure that we all take a moment to, as Eric Biennemi might say, be where our feet are. Because right now, our feet are at the center of the sports universe. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and hop right on that segue. Scoot on over to Eric bien Several reports today say that Eric Bieniemy continues to meet with the uh, the Washington Commanders. Albert Breer said at about uh, 6.30 or so this morning, Chiefs OC Eric Bieniemy will be back in Ashburn to continue talks with Commanders coach Ron Rivera today. Sources say they'll cover staffing and contract this AM. If things go well, Washington could have its OC by the end of the day. Rivera and Andy Reid have been in touch too. A little later on, Ian Rappaport, a couple hours ago, Said the commanders and chiefs. O.C. Eric Biennemi have mutual interest, and it's trending in the right direction toward him being their new coordinator. Both sides are working through specifics, but Biennemi is the top choice. If all goes well, this should be official today. Also, in other news, Kadarius Tony already has a Chief Super Bowl champion tattoo. We might come back to that later in the show. One nitpick on Ian Rappaport's tweet is that Eric Biennemi. Right now is not the Chiefs' offensive coordinator, or at least isn't under contract to be. I don't. I think league year and all of that. I don't know exactly what day it wraps up, but Eric Bienaimé was on another one-year contract this year because this is always a possibility. I both have hopes and frustrations about this. We can start with the hope. I mentioned on yesterday's show. Matt LaFleur did this to some extent. He was the offensive coordinator for the Rams, but that was Sean McVay's offense. He went to the Titans, was the OC there for one year, then got the Packers' head coaching job. Mike Vrabel's the head coach in Tennessee, so this was LaFleur's offense to to hold. Cool. Eric bien has been perhaps the coordinator of The most successful offense over the course of half a decade in NFL history. I don't have any, like, numbers in front of me on that, but that one feels about right, doesn't it? Chiefs in the midst of the best five-year run of offense in NFL history. Somewhere very high up on that list, if not literally number one. I understand this idea that it's Andy Reid's offense, right? Because on some level, I mean, it is. It was his offense first. Now, he invites collaborators genuinely. It is a team effort, genuinely. Andy Reid does have an offensive coordinator because it takes a lot of hands to make all of this happen. And it's a lot of the other guys in the game plan. stuff. So we talked about this with the uh, corn dog play and uh, Jesse Newell's story in the Star. kind of going through all of the different cooks in the kitchen that help make that happen. But Eric Bieniemy looks like he is trending towards going and taking the Washington Commander's offensive coordinator job, defensive head coach in Ron Rivera. It can be his offense. It can be his show. But that is not a step that Doug Peterson had to make. Doug Peterson was the offensive coordinator for a worse offense for less time, and then he got the Philadelphia Eagles head coaching job. Then Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinator of a worse offense for less time and then he got the Chicago Bears job. Now Eric Bieniemy here in the best iteration of the Chiefs offense and certainly, yes, with Patrick Mahomes. The best iteration of the Chiefs offense where, where Patrick Mahomes has gotten better over the course of his career. Where this offense has evolved multiple times. This offense was great with a questionable offensive line it was great with a, with a really good offensive line before the tackles got hurt and they had to kind of cobble things together for a while keep their head above water Super Bowl's a nightmare obviously they're great with Tyreek Hill and a new offensive line they're great with a new offensive line without Tyreek Hill with more weapons Travis Kelsey's dominance becomes even more pronounced they evolve and evolve and evolve and they've been great and they've been great and they've been great so where's Eric Biennemi's head coaching job There are reasonable things you could say about Eric Bienamy, questions you could ask. How does he handle being asked about some of the uncouth stuff from his past, which is totally reasonable? He's gotta he's gotta be able to answer for that without, you know, having to b- be held as if those things all happened yesterday. But he's gotta be able to talk about that. And how what would he what will he say to the media when he's asked about any of that? How does he interview? There are questions about, hey, is he a good interviewer or not? He's done a million of them at this point, so you'd wonder. I'd imagine he's gotten better with his, like, 15 interviews or something. That's not even an exaggeration. That's very close to the real number. One that bothers me is the idea that, like, oh, you know, he's just, he's just not cut out for it. Because I think that's garbage. But even if you want to include that one, too. Stuff from his past, not interviewing great, whatever you want to say about your outside guesses about leadership, which you guys still think is ridiculous. None of those factors are improved upon by going to Washington. Washington isn't going to erase that section of his Wikipedia page or suddenly teach him some grand interview skill that he had failed to learn in his many, 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 many interviews with NFL owners. Because those aren't the point. That's not the feedback he's been getting, I'm imagining, because it sounds like he is going to take this job. The only thing he can do with this job is respond to owners and GMs telling him, hey, prove it. Go prove it. Prove that you can do it without Andy Reid. Prove that you can do it without Patrick Mahomes. Go over here and prove it for yourself. Which was not told to Doug Peterson and to Matt Nagy. That's the part that frustrates me. Eric Bieniemy could go to Washington. He could turn that offense around too quickly. He could be a head coach this time next year. He also won't be coaching for as long as he has been in Kansas City the last few years, so he maybe can start the interview, interview process earlier because Washington's not a Super Bowl team right now. By whatever metrics you want to dive into, and the athletic just started. Uh, what I think is going to be an incredible series on in their main athletic show, football feed, um, uh, going through the the history of race in the NFL and all the places that it that it pops up. I'm not going to explain it nearly as well as the people actually on the show, but they had a researcher on who had years ago done done research into the performance of black head coaches and also why there aren't more of them in a way that reflects the population of the players, and they found that black head coaches end up being more successful, but why are there, then why are there less of them? And what that's not saying is that there's some inherent advantage that black coaches have. That's not the research. The takeaway from the researcher, again, if you'd like to dive into it more, I'd highly suggest you go listen to them actually explain it. This is a real four dummies kind of explanation of what was in that podcast. What they found was that repeatedly, black coaches were told to prove it more and longer and you have to continue to achieve at that level to even retain that job. Implicitly, explicitly, if it's based on biases or a lack of belief in what Eric bien has done in Kansas City, whatever the actual cocktail of reasoning might be, whatever it is, he has been told to do something that the offensive coordinators who were head coaches before him were not told to do. Mike Kafka almost got a head coaching job this cycle. I thought he was going to. I thought Arizona was going to be Kafka's spot. He was the quarterback's coach for Patrick Mahomes. Goes to the New York Giants and calls the plays because Dayball lets him. And makes some really good stuff happen with Daniel Jones. It's a great, a great year for Kafka. But for all these other guys, touching the hem of Patrick Mahomes' jacket is enough of a reason to get a job. Cliff Kingsbury's candidacy was inflated by the fact that he just worked with Mahomes. He didn't even win with Mahomes. He just coached himself. And now we're here, and I don't know if you saw the, the first embrace after... Andy Reid got dunked in Gatorade. He pulled in Eric Bienemy and Spags came over, and they did three of them just had like a big, big group hug. I've heard people talking, and I'll, I'll ask Matt Derrick about this when we uh, when he joins us here at eleven. I've heard stories about players going out of their way to spend time in the locker room after the Super Bowl with Eric Bienemy because there was kind of this understanding that this was the last ride for Bienemy with this team. Whatever these hurdles end up being. And with the exception of, I suppose, a bitter LaShawn McCoy. You have not been able to dig up a reason that this man would not be a superb candidate to be a head coach. I just say superb candidate because once guys get into those head coaching spots, you just don't know how they're going to end up reacting you all you can do is make the best bet possible. I think Eric Benamee would be a damn good bet. But it sounds like all the arrows are pointing to him going to Washington to coordinate for Sam Howell or whoever they draft or they make a run at Derek Carr or something. I don't know. We'll see when that when that comes. But it's just a really it's a frustratingly unsatisfying end for the Chiefs and Eric Benamee This was supposed to end with him winning a Super Bowl and then getting a head coaching job somewhere. Like that's the storybook ending that everything had added up to. And now we're here instead. And I know that like I know he's a he's a hard bleep. I I I get it. I I talked to Jamal Charles sometime I don't know, it's been a year, year and a half, two years, something like that now. And he told a story about uh going into Andy Reid's office. Telling him he needed to fire then running back's coach Eric Bieniemy, Based off a confrontation they had and all that. And then by the, by later on in the year, and by the time I was talking to Jamal again a year or two ago, whatever it was, he had nothing but great things to say about him. And so maybe maybe there's like a barrier to entry with Eric Bieniemy, Where you can be bristly or whatever and, and until you until it clicks. But it's just a truly baffling series of events. I'd rather talk more about Super Bowl stuff, more parade stuff, other things going on around the Chiefs. I, I want to take some time to evaluate some of the performers that maybe we could talk about a little more than we have been able to this week. or or even just looking at exactly how this all came together. Uh, Jason had some audio yesterday that we got through a little bit of, but there's some more of it that I think is pretty interesting. Uh, We're going to have some time to stretch our legs and continue to celebrate the fact that once again, the Kansas City Chiefs are world champions. And uh, once again, we we have a parade going through this city, just littering our roads with the prettiest of trash being confetti. And arguably some of us people, beautiful trash. I don't bristle at that. I I would love someone to call me beautiful trash. I might change my display name on Twitter to that. I'm Joshua Briscoe the beautiful trash. Beards McFly on the other side of the glass. Uh, and that rhymed. We'll have Matt Derrick here at, at 11 o'clock. He'll join us of ChiefsDigest.com about all of the things that we need to uh, reevaluate from this week. Uh, from the parade to the Super Bowl itself to where things are beginning to turn. Oh, I'm not fully ready to do like a big free agency preview. And then Kendall Gammon will join us for uh, one more wrap up of this NFL season at noon. And then Mick Schaefer of KSHB 41 will be in the building as well. That's the plan for The Zone the rest of the way here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We'll talk more football whenever we come back the zone with Jason Anderson I have uh, some very like Bono-esque pink glasses that I did not wear with this jacket today because I didn't want to get beat up in the hallway by Todd Lipa on Sports Radio 810 WHB just an interesting tweet from our uh, friends with the Kansas City Monarchs and tweeted out a few minutes ago they're big cleats to fill, but somebody's got to do it. We're hiring for someone to be Monty. There's some pictures of Monty, the Monarchs mascot, and uh, they're they're looking for applicants to uh, to fill those big cleats. I have inquired with them. I responded, and we will see if they get back to me here over the course of the show today. Uh, my head is not a big baseball, and I'm worried that might be disqualifying. I um, have the jersey though. But it could fit in a big baseball. I would need a very large baseball to fit my head. Uh, but I also did tell them that my resume is in my profile picture because my resume, remember, because my profile picture is a screenshot from the video um, announcing the, uh, the, 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 the new look zone when I joined on to this lovely program and I was dressed up in a penguin costume. Which is what I usually wear. Once I get home, I'd like to take off these, you know, these work clothes, these hoodies, and occasionally jeans, and currently like jack pants. You know, these are these are my this is my work outfit. Then I get home, I get rid of all this, and I put on my penguin costume and go about the rest of my day. Is that going to be a liner beard? So I'm not sure. That might have just been too honest to be funny. Just waddling around out there, waiting for Terry Bradshaw to come tell me to waddle on over. Anyway, uh, there are a, a handful of legit things from, uh, from the Super Bowl, from the last couple of days that I want to go back to, but yeah, believe it or not, everybody, I'm going to make a real topic out of Kadarius Tony's tattoo. I know, how am I going to do it? Beard just raises eyebrows. Because look, I have volunteered, I, w- I want to be the Chiefs tattoo beat reporter Like that's the beat that I would I would like to be on. Just when Chiefs players get tattoos, I want to be the one that just like shares them. Maybe maybe rates them, critiques them. You know, at at the very least, shares them with the world because I am both a football guy and increasingly over the last several years a tattoo guy. This is great fun. This is great news for me. But this morning, I saw Kadarius Tony tweeted, and it was a picture of him walking down the parade route holding a plastic skeleton. Which is hilarious, and also I walked past that skeleton on my f- five mile trek to mm. cross the street. And if I would have, if I would have been in a better mood, there it was. It was a, a, a plastic like human skeleton laying on like a like a cot, for lack of a better word. It wasn't on the ground. It was like a, like a camping bed or something. Why was this? I think it was. I think it was someone's idea to help hold their spot. Is my with my theory at the time, is it was it was laid out there on this sort of like again kind of camping bed sort of thing. I don't even know if that's what those are called, but uh, I don't know why they brought the skeleton with them other than just to be hilarious, which is, was successfully true. But when I walked by it, if I would have been in less of a hurry and in a better mood, I would have. I, I thought I would have taken a picture and then just tweeted out like just laying here waiting for my Bengals parade. That would have been good. I think it would have been good, but I was uh, stranded and late, so I didn't do that. But I think that must have been where Tony got his, because all of a sudden, he was just uh, parading, literally, down, down grand, holding, holding this plastic skeleton at some point. So he was tweeting about that, and then I saw his new profile picture. His new profile picture is a, uh, a photo of a big, you know, the traditional Chiefs logo, KC Arrowhead tattoo, with the Super Bowl 54 logo, with the word Chiefs over it. And with champs underneath, I found more pictures from like his Instagram story. This thing is a side piece. Like this is on his not like that. This is on his rib cage, which could not have felt very good. But it's not the point. It is a huge. Like it is from basically just below just below uh, nipple line to waistband is essentially what this covers. It's a massive piece. And the part about it that I think is, like, more than just what, how fun that is, is that Kadarius Tony has been here for, like, an hour and a half. And I've, I hope this is clear. I have loved every second that Kadarius Tony has been on the football field for this team. It has been a joy. When the, when the trade first went down, it took me a second to kind of warm up to what was going on there. And then we started watching some of his Giants tape. And then we saw him in red. And for me, it was over. I am Team Tony for life. This dude's electric. But he's been here for like an hour and a half. Goes on to make two enormous plays in the Super Bowl. corn dog Legendary. And that punt return was special. I mean, it, it really was. It wasn't just like perfectly blocked and he ran a straight line. I mean, it, did it, if I say that it reminded me of like slightly Dante Hall-ish, is that offensive? Not like exactly, but it's, it made me feel Dante Hall things. But in this case, in the Super Bowl, which is amazing. But he just got here mid-season Goes on to win the Super Bowl with this team. And I I bet literally, before all the confetti has been swept up, he has this massive, permanent memorial on his body of what this team did this year, with him being a part of it. My semi serious take of it all is that it does not take you very long, as far as I can tell, to be welcomed into this team utilized in huge moments and to feel like you you are as big a part of it as anybody right like that was the joy on the parade and we we talked about it at least a tiny bit as the parade was going on we were broadcasting live and watching over it from the windows which was awesome but we, we saw like equipment staff drive past us we saw training staff drive past us and you might not recognize all of their faces or names or anything but those people deserve as much of the applause as they could possibly get on a parade route because of what they did to make this team get here and I talk I know I've talked about you know the the Melvin Gordon videos and all of that I just think it's I just think it's fun but Canarius Tony never really as far as I can tell I don't know how he felt about it but he never really gelled in New York. The the team that spent the draft capital to get him, that believed in his skill set, but then the you know, they changed leadership and all of that, and it just it just never seemed to mesh. And then he got here and the Chiefs said, No, no, you're ours now. This this'll do. We we are going to make you a part of this team so fast it'll so we'll make your head spin. We're gonna go ahead and you're gonna you're gonna help us all the way through the Super Bowl. And then after the fact, you're going to be ready to go ahead and ink that one down because the highlight of most NFL careers you have achieved very early in your NFL career and like a few months after being acquired midseason by this team. I just think that's neat. I just think that's a fun little snippet of where we are right now. And I wonder if there's any chance of there being a little bit of a snowballing effect as this continues to go on. I think it's a little bit overblown in the NFL, the idea of like ring chasing. It's not quite the same thing. And Beards, you'll probably have 15 examples off the top of your head. But like in the NBA, if you're like a veteran that has been, a, been an all-star at some point, but now you're, you're in a spot where you can be a role player you might just go sign a one-year deal with the best team that has a spot for you because you can help them win a championship with a pretty heavy thumb on the scale. Is there a player that jumps to mind for you on that, Beards? I can't think of one, but Um, other than, like, Andre Iguodala. I don't know what his peak was. was. he was there before that. That's true. He was there. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I'm trying to think just, like, real quick. Um, Like, Ray Allen going from Boston to Miami. Yeah, sure. All that. Um, those teams had a bunch of ones. Here's the Chiefs one. No, not really. Not a Chiefs. I was going to say Terrell Suggs, but that was Terrell a Suggs. Terrell Suggs that was was a, was a when it was a good pickup. But yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. It's it's hard for it to be that way in the NFL because, like, for example, so let's use Terrell Suggs. Like this year, Carlos Dunlap is a guy that I think you yeah, can make better. that case that's for. But better. but I but the reason I'm making the NBA split is because Carlos Dunlap is one of like four or five defensive ends who rotate through and had made a few plays this year. And God knows again. I'm I am team. Give everybody a ring. Give everybody a Lombardi Trophy replica. I don't. Everybody should get it tattooed on their ribs. Whatever it is, I think it rules. But Carlos Dunlap was a great addition. But he's not going to have the same effect as a sixth man in the NBA, right? Just because of usage and the, the di- sports being different. The difference in the NBA and the NFL is there's like the buyout market. So like a bunch of guys, true, older role players will get bought out. And then like Danny Green went to the um, Cabs. Danny Green's a good one. And it'll it, there's not really that parallel in the NFL. Right. It's it's just it is it is very difficult for that idea that we're f- we're very familiar with in the NBA. You can you can make your arguments about like, you know, maybe a receiver on a one year deal. Like, you know, I guess but even got like A.J. Green. He went to the Cardinals. It wasn't like he was able to just go. He, he didn't end up here. It's really hard for the like ring chasing thing to apply at the NFL level. And so I don't necessarily think it's gonna be a snowballing effect of DeAndre Hopkins forces his way out of Arizona for a sixth round pick and then takes a big pay cut to stay here, right? We've got a Twitch comment, LeVeon Bell was probably trying to ring chase in twenty twenty. Right. And that's and you kinda saw how that went, right? Like you can have a role and you can you can be one of those guys. And and I wonder now though, so again, because I don't, I don't think ring chasing in the NFL level has the impact that it does at the NBA, on the NBA side. But I have to think that the Chiefs' reputation is going to only continue to get so much better around the league. And, you know, Juju's on a one-year deal. That, that, that wasn't a ring chase. That was a best, best scenario for myself, right? That might have been true for, for Le'Veon and, and a few of those other guys. But the more the rest of the league season hears the stories of how they got to Kansas City and then their career turned around, or they got to Kansas City and their career was solidified, their, their legacies were, were in, in, in bronzed. That might be a wide receiver thing. It definitely, definitely should be a wide receiver thing, unequivocally. And so I'm just curious to see how that will compound. And it just also made me really happy to see all of these guys who who have either only been here for one year or have just or or got here in mid season, to see the mutual embrace, both city to players and players to city. It's just a beautiful thing that I think we're gonna see different guys get to experience and get to bring championships uh with them here in Kansas City. And I just you know, I may have mentioned this in the first segment once or twice, but I don't ever want to lose sight of that because it rules. This is, Guys, this is so much more fun than going 9-7 and seven and being a wildcard team in the AFC West. This is so much more fun. We'll take a break. We'll keep having some more fun on the other side here. I'm Josh Abrisco, Beards McFly. No Jason Anderson in today's edition of The Zone. Hope you'll stick with us anyway. The Zone with Jason Anderson. Dodgeball is fun. I like dodgeball. Even though I was homeschooled, I just would just I would just get I would just get a basketball and then I'd just throw it at my little brother. <laughs> just like I was walking. gonna say you versus your dad. Just around. at no. the age of eight. Right. How would that have gone? Right. Boom! My, my my dad just winds yeah, up with a soccer ball. <laughs> yes. Alright, you gotta go to the nurse. walk into your mom's <laughs> Mom, room. Mom. Mom, my eye fell out. Dad hit me in the back of the head with a soccer ball, at eighty miles an hour. That's Professor Briscoe to you. <laughs> <laughs> On sports radio eight ten. I've neglected to mention the only thing that anyone actually cares about in the show today. Not Matt Derrick at 11, or Kendall Gammon at noon, or Mick Schaefer after that. No, 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 no. There's one thing that has not yet appeared in this edition of The Zone this week. It's a little thing we like to call sad fans on Reddit. And Beards, it's been a few years since you've gotten to do a fun Yeah Sad fans on Reddit, Super Bowl edition Yeah, no joke How'd it feel to get back in the lab on that one? Uh, It was pretty good Um, It's Philadelphia Eagles fans were a little sad So it's going to be a good time really, really excited for that We'll do that somewhere probably early in the 1 o'clock hour I still got to piece it together I'm going to do that while Matt's here Whatever it takes for you, you gotta to make sure the sadness styles are turned up the right yeah, way. That's the thing is people don't realize Beards is is in there. He's got this very advanced algorithm. He's got a whole board of sliders, and it's not audio levels; it's sadness levels. And so he can just go ahead and decide. we to turn up the sadness. We're going to turn down the sadness. You know, sad know how sadness. When monsters think? They're like laughter is the real thing. Exactly. This is no. It's sadness. It's sadness. It's not fear or laughter. It's sadness. It's not complaining about the refs. It's sadness. So, sad fans will be coming around the corner here close to 1 o'clock. But next, we're talk about some football with Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. Next, here in the zone.